Discourse 9, 26th of April 2001 The Worship of the Free Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim La ilaha illallah There is no being who is worthy of worship other than Allah. That which is worshipped is that which is truly significant, truly meaningful and worthy of attention, praise and awe. So there is no significant other than Allah. There is no other source of meaning other than Allah. There is no consequence other than Allah. La ilaha illallah means more than a simple statement that there is no God but God. This is a flat translation. La ilaha illallah means that there is nothing that is worthy of being granted awe and therefore significance other than Allah. When you see it from that point of view, it becomes abundantly clear that although one may be a Muslim and may be a person who has proclaimed the Shahada, it does not mean that one is free of idolatry or of shirk. All of us have our own projects in mind. We have our own ideas of what is significant and we construct our lives around these things. This person thinks that it's important to become wealthy and he therefore grants significance to wealth. Insofar as he grants significance to wealth, the next person thinks that it's significant and important to be piling up good deeds for Akhirah. This person is worshipping the garden and they are also guilty of shirk. Although their action is less conditional insofar as they are not trying to benefit themselves immediately, they are still pursuing an outcome, which is to win the delights of the garden. A third person considers that the whole purpose of existence, the whole reason that he or she is here, is to worship Allah. That person is the pinnacle of creation. That person is the person for whom the whole of creation has been made. Sheikh Ali al-Jamal distinguishes between three categories of people. He says there are the bondsmen, who are the people who want to get things out of life. They are trapped. Those people are in this world in order to earn the favor of Allah so that they may gain paradise. So they are doing their good deeds in order to please Allah, in order to gain paradise. So it's still a conditional motive. In addition, there is a level of shirk in this because the concern of a person like this is that they are in a negotiation with Allah. They are trying to win their good fortune and their good auspices from Allah by paying a price that they think Allah has asked of them. Thirdly, you get those people who are truly free. They do not have the slightest concern for either this world or the hereafter. They are not concerned about paradise. They are only concerned about their Lord. They are concerned with being in awe of the Creator of it all. It is only this person who understands the whole purpose of existence is to be in awe. It is only this person who can at all be considered fully human. It is only this person who can be considered to be a believer. Conditional. They are limited and they are weak. In all other aspects of belief, you'll find conditional thinking. You'll find an element of wanting to manage the affair. Managing your own affair assumes that you can manipulate a set of conditions that will have a beneficial outcome for you. The most primitive and immature way of doing that is to think that you can manipulate a set of conditions that will have a beneficial outcome for you in this life. The next set of conditions is concerned with manipulating events in order to get a beneficial outcome for yourself in the next life. All of these are still putting yourself in charge of your own affair. We want to make a success of this matter, of how we understand existence. In this process we forget that our true success lies in Islam. Islam means submission. It means to give up, to disallow any pretense of being of any use to yourself or of being any use to others. It means to root out the ignorant hope 
that you can manipulate a set of conditions that are beneficial to your desired outcome or to yourself. Your benefit is not in your hands. Your benefit is in his hands. Your good auspices are not with you, they are with him. If he chooses for you blessing, the weight of a mustard seed, an army of a hundred thousand cannot take it from you. If he wishes for you the curse the size of a pin, a whole army of angels will not protect you. He is the one who is managing the affair. In addition, the reason why he made us is to witness that this is the case. In order for us to discover that this is the case, he has made us in such a way that we will attempt to come to our own defense and fail. We have to fail at being in charge of ourselves. We have to earn the bitter fruit of thinking that we can be of any use to ourselves and to others in this life or in the next before we let go of the reins. Allah presents us with challenges all the time. That challenge really asks us, who are you putting in charge, yourself or are you really relying on me? Are you going to leap into the abyss or are you going to stick to the safe, the known, the predictable and what you have worked out for yourself? Repeatedly in our lifetime we come to crossroads. We come to points where we know in the depths of our hearts that the next step forward requires a leap. A leap into the abyss, a leap into the unknown. We do not know what the next day will bring. Those leaps are leaps of faith. What is faith? Faith is the capacity to convince yourself that he is in charge. Faith is the capacity to silence your internal dialogue. Your inner dialogue is all about keeping yourself busy with your own agenda, keeping yourself focused on a set of events and actions which you will think will have an outcome that will be beneficial to you. It is consistently appraising the things that you do on the basis of the benefits coming to you and to be chatting away to yourself all the time about the best way to get what you want. Iman or belief suggests that you have stopped the silly preoccupation because you have understood that you cannot do yourself any good. You have stopped trying to work the matter out. You have stopped trying to have a hold in existence to bend it to your will. Instead, you have started to appreciate it. You have started to witness it and to be in awe of it. To see that its design is fundamentally benevolent towards you. So when we are playing it safe, we are trying to steer on the side of reasonableness and of being in charge of our lives. In reality, what we are actually doing is denying his absoluteness. We are behaving as if he is not in charge. This is particularly true in situations where our hearts are quickened, where our being tells us to move, but on the basis of our biographical entrapment, we do not move. All of us have experienced this on the path that is common, and we all get these moments. We all face things which stimulate our curiosity, but which we refrain from pursuing because we are too busy being good and responsible. The depressing thing is that when you do not move, the same crossroad has a sneaky way of coming back to you. The second time it is visited on you, it is visited on you in such a way that it is far less avoidable and far more insistent. Each time it intensifies, it causes you far more distress. In other words, if you do not leap off the cliff, you'll be tossed off it. We have within us two potentials. One is of bondage, of mediocrity and of great oppression. The other is to be an enchanted ecstatic in our journey of discovery. We choose either one or the other. There is no such thing as a human being that doesn't have the capacity to be a complete monster or rise higher than angels. We all have the same range of possibility. Being a monster is concerned with trying to bend existence to our will, that is, trying to make existence deliver to us that which we want. By doing that, we are denying three things. Firstly, that existence has a design to it. Secondly, that that design is bigger than we are. 
Thirdly, that the design has far more to offer us than what we can offer ourselves and is fundamentally benevolently disposed towards us. It has our best interests at heart, even more than we have. You cannot do better for yourself than what Allah is going to do for you. The degree to which you try to manage your affair is the degree to which he leaves you to manage that affair. It is therefore also the degree to which you will mess things up. You will settle for second best, for that which is drab, mediocre, depressing and dispirited. The degree to which you accept whatever he puts in front of you, whatever he quickens your heart with, is the degree to which you allow him to determine the outcome. He promises us that if we follow the quickening of our hearts, he will only give us better. This is his promise. It is how he has created existence. He is the beneficent. He is the sustainer. He is the provider. He is the overflowing. He has no limitations. So rest in those hands. Allow yourself to fall back into that security. The only other alternative is to collapse into the insecurity of your ingenuity and what you then have as your own delusion. It is your own mirage that looks as though it is going to work at first but instead fails you miserably. All of us are designated to be fundamentally uneasy with the mediocrity of our day-to-day lives. It is precisely that disease which causes us to leap forward, to seek out the high. Some of us spend our whole lives lying to ourselves about our essential aloneness and unhappiness with this mediocrity. The rest of us get fed up with the suffering and commit to the path. May Allah grant us success on the path. May grant us nearness to Him. May grant us annihilation in Him. May Allah grant peace and blessings on our blessed Nabi. Alhamdulillah.